Before Shopify, were you wondering, where my sales at? Now you're selling with Shopify, the global commerce platform supercharging your selling. You have no problem selling online, in person, on social media, and beyond. Gary, easy on the cha-ching. <clears throat> oh, sorry, but my Shopify sales are through the roof. Start selling with Shopify today and discover how millions of businesses around the world use Shopify to ignite their selling. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. Shopify.com slash listen. Has the winter season taken a toll on your tile, upholstery, carpet? Call Cyclone Cleaners, 570-726-6200. For all your carpet, upholstery, and ceramic tile cleaning needs, it's Cyclone Cleaners. Also offering odor treatment and soil and stain guard. Choose the only cleaning company that supplies the water to clean your home and disposes of it when they are finished. Call Cyclone Cleaners to schedule your cleaning today. 570-726-6200. This week on Dueling Review, we review Electric Warriors number 1 from DC Comics. Years after the Great Disaster, the Earth has started to rebuild and rejoin the Universal Coalition. In order to prevent a galactic war, different worlds throughout the known cosmos have created a new system of competitive combat to give each participating planet their own voice in the intergalactic struggle. Each world has one diplomatic gladiator chosen to possess the electric seed and fight for their homeland as the electric warrior. Each fighter forsakes their personal life in the name of peace. So what happens when Earth can't choose a single combatant? And sends two instead? The Bruiser War Cry represents the humans of Earth while Deep Dweller, a shapeshifter from the Octopus Tribe, represents the Animal Kingdom. Can they maintain one common goal? Or will they tear Earth's tenuous coexistence to shreds and destroy the rest of the universe with it? Oh, and War Cry also has a powerful relic from Earth's path, Superman's Cape. I think I may have injured myself reading this comic. How did you do that? My eyes rolled back in my head so hard that I think I may have hit the hit the floor or something. Uh, so is this uh, does this take place like after Commandy? Yes. Uh, it seems to be like there's a reference to the uh, chemical or whatever it is that that allowed oh. the animals to stand upright, etc. Yeah, it's full of references to Commandy. The whole thing about the shroud of Kal-el. Mm-hmm. That's actually from a Commandy episode. Um, this is post commandy, but pre Legion of superheroes, but just pre enough that all of the Legion of superheroes set pieces and references and curse words are in it. Cause we have a couple of sprocks and we have the Gildish pan who are, uh, Legion bugaboos, alien creaturey things with stupid names. So yeah, this is this is a weird kind of futury future. This also is part of that new age of heroes, right? Because uh, how many times was so. that? How how many times was that name dropped in the issue? <laughs> I don't think this isn't. Uh, this doesn't have the new age of heroes trade dress on it. it. It doesn't. But man, how many times was? Let me go. I mean, it had to have been mentioned at least six times. Oh, the heroic age. Thing? Yes, I the think heroic they're age thing. Referring I think they're referring to the present. Oh, the man. Superman, Batman. Because I thought that they were referring to uh, the New Age New Age line, and I was just like, oh, my God. Yeah. I, well, did you did you notice that the only thing that's safe to eat in the crap sack future are, yeah, joker are the joker fish? Yeah. yeah you know, the, <laughs> I, and, and I'm thinking, oh, man, everybody here should be, uh, should be matter eyes. eater lads. No, they should be matter eater lads, because he's like, you know, we've evolved to, to where the system is so toxic that... 
these toxic fish are the only thing that we can eat. And we it's like, oh, yeah. There yet. Oh, yeah. So Matter Eater Lad. But that's not even There's that planet. Bismol. He's from a different planet. But in some continuities, Bismol <sighs> was, in fact, colonized by humans who were mutated by Dominator science. I did not care for this story. I have to say, I was not engrossed with it. I mean, there's a lot of really interesting things kind of flying around in it. But the thing that kind of bothered me was as soon as the issue started, I knew what was going to happen. There's a, there's a point like oh, maybe yeah. 10 pages in. No, where there's he's a like, point. There's a point in page. That Oscar is my twin. And I'm like, ah, oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. And that was, I guess it is about 10, I guess it is 10 pages in. I was like, Oh, that's like third page, but no, it's like 10 pages in. But yeah, you saw that coming, especially when, and they don't even hide it. They don't. This would have been a lot better had they had very similar haircuts. But when you get to the part where he's standing before the the electrogenesis, and you're like, "Oh, it's clear when he turns into um, Warcry, uh-huh. it's clear that that's not his younger brother. It's clear exactly who this." Yeah, that's Ian. That's not Oscar at all. Yeah. So I don't. I don't know. This is. I like the. It, it felt very. It felt very predictable. That is, that's the, the thing that I felt. Yeah, maybe even then it's, it's very, the character isn't developed very much. It's just like, oh, we freed the Atlanteans before everyone else did. So therefore we're higher, more highly evolved and blah. And then we learn nothing else about their culture or about who they are or, or well, their, it's, or it's their feelings about, but we don't, I mean, we have more development from the human side of this story and from the lion side of the story who the lions don't even play a big role in this. Uh, first issue overall, except to beat up the uh, the main human character. So we don't know, you know, do the octopus people, do they side with, I mean, she comes out and says, hello, uh, uh, fellow tribes folks, when she addresses the rest of the animal people. But does she really believe that like they do? Does she really believe that humans are the, are inferior and they should be slaves? Well, it's not. It's, it's issue one of six. I mean. Well, but again, we get more character development from the human hero from Warcry and from these right. lions who only appear in three uh, short scenes, uh, really the first scene, than we do from this other person. So there's not great character development for the octopus person. Mm. I don't know. I just, uh, there's, there's so much going on here that I feel like could be fascinating. And there's some really interesting design work. There's a, a scene where we see Warcry fully decked out with his super cape and just uh, kind of holding the hidden symbol that he wears around his neck that lets us know for sure that this is Ian and not Oscar. And I'm like, you know, that's kind of pretty. And I feel like there's so much potential and so many things that I want to I want to know about in here. I'm like, what what is this and how does this well, work? But, and and I'll, I'll repeat what you said. It is the first issue, Matthew. I guess we'll have to read issue two and find out how this is developed. I don't know. I don't know. There's some, I don't know. You said before, I think last week, Electric Warriors is, was a series before, correct? Electric Warrior was a series before. Yes. In 87. And, and who was the creator of that? Is that Steve Orlando? No, that was Doug Munch. Steve okay. Orlando's like 30. In 1987, he was a baby. Mm. So, but what was Electric Warrior about? Electric Warrior was set in a crap sack future world. 
after Commandy? And, is it is this basically a? Oh, it was. Yeah, it wasn't in the DC. Oh, okay. Continuity, but then at that point, neither was Commandy. Um, but yeah, Electric Warrior was about this future world where the rich get richer and the poor uh, basically fight for scraps of nothing, and how the poor people are being held down by uh, police officers, basically robot police called the Electric Warriors. And an evil corporation, RoboCops, a poor guy named Derek, Derek Two Shadow, which is foreshadowing, an important literary technique. So they basically turn him into a cyborg by combining him with a malfunctioning electric warrior. And they call and him together, a one-man army corps? No. Oh, sorry, and that's somebody together, else. Yeah, that's a different future. Together, they become the electric warrior, and they lead... Uh, uh, revolution and overthrow the elites and try to make things better for the so, poor people. So this isn't even, I mean, it's just like, is, I don't know. This feels maybe somewhat like a bait and switch, right? I mean, is this, is this a, Hey kids, remember electric warriors? This is electric warriors. Do you think anybody bought into this going, Oh yeah, I remember that original series. I don't because I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think anybody remembers that original series. I mm. mean, there are, there are, I mean, there are guys, there are people like me out there going, yeah, I remember reading Electric Warrior, but I'll tell you, aside from uh, Jim Bikey's art being really freaky and there being some really, really graphic sequences about what they did to turn Derek into an Electric Warrior and some terrible body horror, I don't really remember a lot of that series and I have it. I read it. It's in my collection. So I feel like this is more a case of. We're taking an existing name or an existing IP, something that has some cachet to it. And instead of Jay Garrick, it's Barry Allen, which is fine. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that necessarily. I just feel but it, like, but this it sounds, but it sounds so like many. it's not even, it's not even the case of golden age, silver age here. This is just, we've got a title. This is something totally different. So it's not even that. I think it is though, because if you really look at Barry Allen, and Jay Garrick in 1956, it really, it, you know, we've got a title. We've got a guy with super speed. That's the only thing that carried yeah, over. Yeah. But I don't know. This has definitely got cyborgs in it. The cyborg designs are pretty fascinating. Warcry looks awesome. Um, I'm mad about that last page cliffhanger. With the Fury of Firestorm? Yeah. Uh, yeah I think that's the point where I, I got the double concussion. <laughs> Uh, don't be that guy. I, I mean, this just it, didn't, this did not hit any, uh, did not hit any switch for me. I read through this, this and I was like, like there is nothing here that check. makes me want to read further. This feels like grasping at straws. This feels like poor character development. This feels like, uh, let's, let's, uh, signal things, you know, on page, on page 10 of what's going to happen 14 pages later. That seems so obvious. Hit you over the head kind of thing. I don't know. This was not the kind of storytelling that I like. I'm not saying that Steve Orlando is a bad storyteller. I'm just saying that he did not write something that um, that appealed to me. Now, it might appeal to you. It might appeal to other listeners. Uh, but this was not something that I was like, "Ooh, this is a really interesting story. Because by the end of the issue, I was like, huh, yeah. this doesn't feel fresh and new. It's future, you know, snow crash, snow piercer kind of everything with snow in it kind of 
crapsack dystopian futures where there's a chosen one and these things are happening. And if that is your jam, I think this is actually going to be a book for you. I was distracted by the sheer number of ways that it tried to web itself into existing somewhat counterintuitive continuities i mean that's and that's maybe part of the problem that i have with it it just feels super yeah. forced it's part it's post commandy and it's got this big deal about oh the cape of kal-el liberty dibbity do and i feel like i might have liked this better without the superman without the firestorm without the legion references yes if and they would have, have done that, something unto itself. Yeah, had it just been its own standalone thing, I probably would have been, I probably would have been more receptive to it. But the fact that it just seems to be trying to shoehorn, hey everybody, this is a DC property. Don't forget, in fact, we've got the uh, the Wonder Woman, Superman, and Batman symbols circling a, a a light source in our in our bedroom, wherever this girl's at, <laughs> on the abysmal plane. And why is she in the abysmal plane? But she's an octopus person living under the I Honda to see. I don't understand. Well, and, I, and to I be mean, honest, it's I six issues at the end of issue six, it may be different. But the thing that you come to is the first chapter is not successful in grabbing me and making me think this is all I want to know. You know, it doesn't tell me, hey, make sure you come back next issue and find out what's going on. It's got some really great stuff in it. That Joker fish bit really did entertain me, but that's half a page out of 20. And I just feel like there's so many, there's so many little squares on this quilt and it hasn't quite been sewn together for me yet. And maybe, maybe the sewing together is the point of the story. I get that. Sometimes that happens, but you got to give me enough to where I want to come back for issue two. And I'm not a hundred percent certain this issue does that. Yeah, no. What, what did you think about the art? Because here's here's what I kind of thought about the art. Mm -hmm. um, this feels like an 80s movie. And I know you said Electric Warrior came out in, what, 83? Is that what you said? 87. 87. Yeah. This just feels like um, like a Battlestar Galactic. Remember in the Battlestar Galactic movie when you see the Cylons and you yeah. see, um, what's his name? The uh, the human, the who's the human guy that's always siding with the Cylons? Uh, Baltar. Baltar. Yeah. Um, and how Commander when he goes Four. and when he goes in and meets the the conehead people, how everything is like twinkly. Let's, yeah, let's put everything on a rainbow filter and have it all start out and everything. That's kind of what this feels like when I look at the art. It feels like a 1980s. Uh, um, <laughs> it feels like a Battlestar Galactica ep episode from the late 70s, early 80s. And it's I think it has to do with all of the computerized coloring, how everything has a highlight and is blown out and we're creating these, these trippy electric colors throughout even the, um, even the octopus people when they're talking with the, uh, what is it? The light talk or light speak or whatever that they use to communicate with one another. It just really is yeah. over Kinda the neat. top. I mean, it's, it's over the top is what it is. And so when I look at this from the art side, I'm like, yeah, okay. Everybody looks, everybody looks human. Everything looks right. And then all of a sudden there's the page where he's riding in the ambulance, uh, getting stitched up. Mm -hmm. And suddenly it feels like a rotoscoped animated movie. It feels like heavy metal or um, what's the other one? The uh, fire and ice uh, or the wizards movie. It just feels like a bash kind <laughs> of let's roto trace everything kind of stuff. And I don't know. It's just, it's different. And I, and I, it it's fine, I, but it's really different. 
I kind of like the art. I don't, you know, I don't necessarily feel like there's anything wrong with the art. I feel like there may be some issues in the way that it's the, the production. And like you mentioned, the lighting effects, I feel like some of that is less successful, but just the line art itself is actually. Oh yeah. Cool. Yeah. No, the I line really art. do dig. You dig it? Yeah. No, I like I, I said, it, it, it looks like I said, it looks like there are parts where it's like, let's rotoscope this uh, and, and turn it into an animated feature. And, and you look at the transformation when they're going through electrogenesis and tell me that that isn't, you know, hand drawn, hand painted lightning that would be coursing over someone's body in, uh, <laughs> in heavy metal lightning. No, it's not even <laughs> after effects lightning. This would be the old school hand painted uh, frame by frame lightning that you would see on on those uh, those rotoed movies is just I don't know. It's really different. This is a different piece. It is a, a different time. Yeah, it, it is Tron. It is Flash Gordon. It is, you know, all of that stuff. And I think if they were able to remove the DC references to this, it would probably be much better. Uh, I feel like it might be able to stand on its own legs a little better. And it would give you more room to do the stuff that might actually drag me in. More of the character stuff, more of the setup, more of the octopus girl, whatever it is that you're needing. Yeah, uh, for me, this is going to be... It's interesting, but uh, I'm going to pass the next time. Uh, this is not something that I'm going to want to read or care to read. Um, but it might be right up your your alley if you're looking f- to explore a time period that has not been uh, looked at before. Then this might be it. If you're a fan of like uh, DC One Million, this kind of fits into that same kind of category. Uh, so uh, maybe maybe you will go out and enjoy it. But I did not. And also, why is Firestorm from Sector Six Six Six? Firestorm. Matthew, what's the, bottom, what's, the, what's the bottom line for you? Uh, it's not a skip, but it's also not a buy. It's a maybe flip through the first couple of pages on the shelf or check the, the Comixology preview if it feels like it's going to grab you. I'm not saying it's not worth it, but it did not really – it didn't nail the landing for me. Yeah, most definitely. Well, uh Maybe next week we will have better luck. Next week from Boom Studios, we have Black Badge number four, Smooth Criminals number one, Steven Universe Ongoing number 22. Uh, Dark Horse Comics has uh, Dragon Age, the Library Edition, hardcover volume two. That's a $40 book. Also, uh, Light Step number one of five. And Resident Alien gets a trade paperback, the fifth volume of that, An Alien in New York, and Whispering Dark number two. Uh, DC Comics next week has American Carnage number one. Oh, my goodness. This is that Marvel DC crossover that everyone's been talking about. Uh, Aquaman number 42, Batman number 59, cover number three of six, Harley Quinn number 54, Justice League Dark number five, Lucifer number two, Nightwing number 53, and uh, Teen Titans number 24, among many other comics coming out next week. Dynamite Entertainment has Betty Page number one, Deja Thor is number 10, uh, Game of Thrones, Clash of Kings number 14, Mars Attacks number two, Project Superpowers number four, and Xena number 10, Matthew. Xena. IDW Publishing has Atomic Robo's Greatest Hits. That's a $1 comic. You can go pick that up. Also, Bubba Hotep and the Cosmic Bloodsuckers number four. I know that's probably been hitting its schedule, but it just seems like an issue number four in yeah, it's, November seems, seems like, like it's, it's late. 
but I, Seems I like know it's, it's not. Seems like forever ago that we did issue one. I know, and it's probably only been four months ago. Uh, Dick Tracy, wow. Dead or Alive, number two arrives, as does Judge Dredd, Toxic, number two. That's the one, the Britney Spears Judge Dredd crossover that everybody's been wanting. Right. With uh, the taste of your lips, I am the law. Yeah. Night Moves, number one of five. Optimus Prime, number 25. Let's see. What else do we have? TMNT Urban Legends, number seven, all coming out next week from IDW Publishing. TMNT Urban Legends. Have you seen the new, uh, was it like a caravan? It's like a caravan uh, commercial, like a minivan commercial from Honda, where they Uh actually have these Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle uh, action figures jumping around going, hey, remember us when you were kids? Now you're old. Buy a van. And they're doing all the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle voices. (laughs) But I have a van. I know, right? But now you need a new one. Uh, but I didn't know if you had seen that one yet. It's pretty, it's pretty bizarre kind of marketing, I guess. I have. Only because it really sticks it to you that you're old and have a family now and you can't afford toys like you used to. Image Comics. Uh, I'm not projecting, nor am I bitter. Uh, Image Comics says East of West, number 40. Men of Wrath hardcover. That's a mature reader's book for 1999. New World, number five of five and Rumble, number nine. Which brings us to Marvel Comics. And let's see how Marvel and Previews World have decided to uh, name their comics Next week. Of course, we do have the Astonishing X-Men number 17, Doctor Strange number 8, Immortal Hulk number 9, Marvel Knigget's 20th number 2. Now, Ashley reviewed issue number 1 this past week on the Major Spoilers podcast, so if you want to hear her thoughts on that before reading Marvel Knight's uh, 20th number 2, you might want to do that. Mr. and Mrs. X number 5, Punisher 4, Shuri number 2, also the first issue also gets a second printing. Spider Force number two, Spider Geddon number four, Spider Geddon at Spidey Schools Out MPGN TP. Yep. Yes. MPGN TP. Yes. Miles per gallon, not to be toilet papered. Exactly. Star Wars Solo Adaptation number two of seven, Tony Stark Iron Man number six, and Kenny. He's a cool exec. Uncanny oh, X-Men number two. Weapon H number 10. Oh, did you hear about this new series that's coming up, Matthew, for no. the for the Weapon H? Uh-uh. Oh, somebody's going to have to take care of Weapon H. And the only people that can take care of Weapon H are, of course, Wolverine and the Hulk in a new, what is it, six-issue miniseries? Are you ready for this? I don't even <laughs> think that, I don't even think Marvel's trying anymore. Hulk Vereens. Hulk Vereens number one. Greg Pak is the uh, the writer. Art by uh, Ario and uh, Anandito. Arrives mm-hmm. in February of 2019. Hulk Vereens. It could be worse. It could be Ben Vereen. I actually think Ben Vereen would do a better job on this. Well, he was Mayor Ben. Web of Venom Carnage Born 1. Yep. West Coast Avengers number four, X-Men Black Juggernaut number one, X-Men Black Mystique number one also arrives next week. In all the rest category, Archie Comics hits issue number 700. <gasps> also announced this week, a new uh, Sabrina the Teenage Witch series from Kelly mm-hmm. Thompson and Veronica Fish. That's gonna so be it's interesting. going to be in the regular continuity. This or? is, I think, in the Archie uh, Mark Wade continuity. Okay. Um, they didn't really tell much about what the series was going to be, but it is definitely a departure from the chilling adventures of Sabrina. They said in the uh, in the solicitations that they sent us. So uh, well, it could it be interesting. Have to be. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
Belladonna number two, Belladonna Fire and Fury number one. This is the ripped ultra nude cover. That's for 40 uh, bucks. That's for 40 bucks. But uh, there's also Belladonna Fire and Fury number 10 with, oh my gosh, 16, 16 different covers. Oh my. Yeah. There's the nude cover. Well, there's always a nude there's cover. The, so so everything, yeah. everything that I'm going to say also has a nude cover with it. You have okay. the bondage cover, the killer right. body cover, the nude right. cover, the regular right. cover, the shield right. maiden, undead. Right. So that would mean that there's an undead nude. There's, right. there's also the cool an, ranch cover. There's also the undead stripped nude. Right. Viking Wait. vixen. Yeah. How can you be stripped and nude? Ah, Viking vixen and rap. Rap nude. So all of those have nudes after them as well. There's the holiday that's 16s. Which means there's a nude, nude cover. I know, right? What is a nude, Where nude cover? Where they actually remove like? her skin and she's just like, Hi. She's just a skeleton. Yeah. Oh, boy. Ah. There is also Jughead the Hunger, number 10, arriving next week. Infinity 8, number 7. John Carpenter, Tales of Sci-Fi, standoff AR cover 1. John Carpenter of Mars? I love that guy. Yeah, John Carpenter of The Thing. Lookers, number 0. I again maybe from the same company as uh, Belladonna because we have uh, the costume change uh, A B C and D then a costume change nude and a costume change topless. I there must be some big money. We've talked about. Uh, I, I'm really surprised there was an article. I think it was on. Uh, was it the Beat? Must have been the Beat where they had a thing that said yes. Even though we hate variant covers, they're actually m- making lots of money for publishers right now. More so than they were in the 90s. And when you look at a Looker's Number Zero costume change nude cover, and it has a $17 cover, somebody's buying that. Right. And if the regular issue is only like 50 cents to print, it's like a lot of money you're making off of that. Yeah. That's providing that, you know, of course, the people order three months in advance. (laughs) But hey. Um, hmm. Quantum and Woody, number 12. Rick and Morty presents Pickle Rick, number one. Pickle Rick gets a whole issue by himself. Yeah. Sh- Shadow Man, number nine. Soulfire, volume seven, number, f- nine, uh, number five, sorry. And Web Witch, number two. Not to be confused with the Sandwich or the Sea right. Witch. Right. Or the Brood Witch. Yes. What will we review next week? That's kind of up to you, dear listener. Matthew, yeah. tell, them how, tell them how they can make us review a comic next week. What you do is you appoint your browser cater to patreon.com forward slash major spoilers. Look for the weekly dually review post that Stephen puts up. It'll have a list of at least some, hopefully most, sometimes all of the books that you'll be seeing in the next week. You tell us what you want to see us review. Stephen looks at it. If someone else didn't snake us during the week, which occasionally does happen, you know, it's one of the deal. It happens. We will get you the book that you, the faithful spoilerites and listeners, want to see the most. And if you don't have a web locator, you can just use any old web browser. Uh, it'll do the same thing. Uh, you yes, use the uh, it doesn't cost you anything to go over and vote. You do not have to be a patron at patreon.com slash major spoilers. It is a thing that we want you to go over there and do and fill out the uh, the comment section because uh, we enjoy having you 
help us program our show. Now, we could do it, but then again, there may be little interest in you, the listener, sitting down and going, oh, what kind of crap book are they going to read next week? But if you know that we might be reviewing a book that you requested, I think you have a lot more buy-in on the show when we do it that way. And of course, I really enjoy it because it uh, saves me from having to run down this entire list and go, which of these doesn't sound like it sucks? Maybe it, maybe it will be Black Hammer Age of Doom number seven, soon to be a major TV show. We'll find out next week when you will hear Matthew say, Hey, that's a muscutaire. This podcast is copyright 2018 by Major Spoilers Entertainment, LLC. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply.